0: On today's show what is the Cavs' identity amid this injury crisis let's dive in
1: you are locked on calves your daily cleveland cavaliers podcast
0: Welcome to Lockdown Cavs. Hope everyone had a good holiday, had a good time off if you don't celebrate or whatever. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code locked on nba for $20 off your first purchase. I am Chris Manning. That is Evan damerel We're giving Jake Stevens a couple of days off here. So he is doing Jake Stevens things out in the world. If you see a a man talking on emo music and probably has a hat on, it's probably wearing black. black that joggers. is in fact.
1: Uh, tucked into his socks, usually about calf length. Um, beanie on. He may have a Jake from Adventure Time hat on too. That that is Jake, the merrier Stevens, out in the wild. Um, <clears throat> and tell him that he does not belong on r slash email to really get the conversation going.
0: Let's dive into where the Cavs are at right now. So we're going to talk about the injury crisis, which is, I think, maybe a strong word, but it felt cool to say. So we're gonna... crisis
1: seems a little overblown. It's like they got hit yourself. I don't know, yeah. COVID part two, uh, pandemic boogaloo hit the Cavs only.
0: Don't, don't even throw that in the universe. Uh, segment two, we're going to touch on what the team's identity is, where they are at, what it is, considering they have all these injuries, considering what the numbers say, a little bit about how they're playing right now. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll get to Cavs Mavericks, a game where maybe they get two key ball handlers back and Dallas will be without a certain former Cleveland Cavalier. But we'll get to that in segment three to start with the Cavs injury situation. So Donovan Mitchell has missed some time with this illness. Karis Levert missed the Bulls game, was a late scratch. Sam Merrill now has a wrist issue that has him doubtful for the Mavericks game. And it is unclear exactly when he'll be back or, or how soon he could be back. The Cavs went into that Bulls game with 10 healthy players, four of whom were centers. This is a team that I think has the Rubio news we talked about last week signals and considering Evan, just when you look at the roster, this this team is really thin right now. And they're like one other injury or Mitchell and Laverna not being able to go on Wednesday for this feeling like pretty dire. And all that said, they've won enough games while these injury stuff is really mounted, but it feels just like this is not even close to what this team should be with everything that's going on right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at this win against the Bulls, it's already surprising the fact that the Cavs are down so many players, but I think more than anything, um, one testament to the fact that Jared Allen's game is still an all-star level type game, even though he is the fourth banana in this core for the Cavs are trotting out when they're fully healthy. But I think he's kept the ship pretty steady for them on either end of the floor, whether it's scoring, uh, I think showing off his passing chops is really impressive. Um, that's been really beneficial for Cleveland. I think Max Drew stepping up quite a bit has helped a lot too. And I think the way he plays and maybe just kind of that r- grit that he brings to the Cavs is a little infectious. And I think that's part of this new identity that we're seeing form despite all these injuries. But I, I think it is just like you said, uh, a very encouraging that the Cavs are kind of finding themselves despite some adversity that is more or less out of their control. Um, you can't control stops Porzingis' hip colliding in Darius Carlin's face. You can't Control Evan Moby uh needing knee surgery. Um, you can't control uh Karis Levert being out with a sore knee or Donovan Mitchell having an, a non-COVID-related illness, or I mean Sam Merrill trying to dive for the ball to save a play against Utah and end up spraining his wrist. Like these are small things that maybe, yeah, I wish you, you you wish you could have prevented, but that's just part of the game. And there's no rest or um no rest for the weary and no sympathy from any other opponent when the Cavs are facing them. But I think it's just encouraging to see guys really like step up. And I think a lot of credit should go to JB Bickerstaff. Um we we talked about him maybe out foxing uh Mike Malone and um just like a lot of other coaches early in the season. Um and in this game, like, sure, the Bulls are a hot mess right now, but they were on a three-game winning streak into this game. Billy Donovan is a pretty good coach, um, and they did have Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, et cetera, et cetera, but the, the Cavs didn't really seem phased by the uh, pressure against them. They they kind of dug deep and rested on their laurels, which is defense, 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 and just really smart passing. I think that's the other thing that's really popped in this game against the Bulls and also just with all these players sitting out. It's like they're still playing like a team-type game. When I think, Evan, just about
0: this injury situation, the thing that where my brain goes is really just like wondering how J.B. Bickerstaff, just like how you game plan for some of this and like what like what is what is what this means for certain guys. Like I think Craig Porter Jr., for instance, is being like thrown into this deep well where it's like, okay, like he has to just figure stuff out and play heavy minutes and do all the stuff which I don't think was ever in the plans this year obviously. Mm -hmm. You're seeing like Damian Jones minutes when like you wouldn't have expected that. Like you're getting just so much random stuff that is there and this is is an identity thing a little bit but so I don't want to step too much on this but like you're also I think one of the things you're just and you hit on this they're just playing hard and like this would not be working if they weren't playing hard right now if if the guy's stepping up, getting opportunities, playing minutes, we're not playing hard, whether, you know, it's always working. I mean, Max Struess, like, did not actually have, like, a particularly good game against the Bulls, but he shot a lot. He played hard and they were competitive. Like, yeah. that's kind of just a bare minimum thing they need to get through this stretch right now.
1: Yeah, um, that, that that's a good point. I'm glad you made it. Like, Struess didn't overall play well against Chicago. I think he did make some big shots that certainly swung momentum in Cleveland's favor but like like you said it's just guys playing hard and Craig Porter Jr is kind of emblematic of that he he talked about like the things that he's noticing that are different whether it's Well, how easy was it to have a career night? And he's like, well, it's one step in my journey, but also, like, teams probably just don't have a lot of info or film on me or just even have me on the scouting report to begin with. And then maybe the following game or two games after that, he maybe didn't have as, you know, robust of a performance. And you could say, like, yeah, teams are paying attention to him on the scouting report, but he is adjusting to stuff on the fly. I think Chicago threw Alex Caruso at Porter Jr. quite a bit, especially in the second half. And Porter Jr. just, like, wasn't phased by it. And it's weird. Uh, I think, like, you know, we say, uh, he is a rookie, even though he is about a month away from being the same age as Darius Garland at all times. But he just doesn't look like it. And I think he is kind of emblematic of just like that. It's the Cavs term, but like that junkyard dog, like just having that dog, quote unquote, in them. And Struce has it, too. Like, even if he's not shooting the ball well, like he's playing with a lot of energy. He's either crashing the glass, getting you. Uh, second chance opportunities or he's just preventing second chance opportunities. I think his passing is again just been such a pleasant surprise just because he looks so comfortable out there with his new teammates and it's just been a total team effort like every player who has played meaningful minutes for the Cavs just during this mini stretch of theirs um, win or lose like it was a blah performance the other night. Um, after they beat the Utah Jazz. But like other than, and like, but there's like not a lot you can take from that. There's not a lot of meat on that bone from that loss just because the Cavs are down a lot of bodies, but they are finding themselves a little bit too along the way. And I think there are going to be ups and downs, especially with Garland and Mobley out for such a long time and still, you know, Levert and Mitchell not firmly being back in the fold just because they are game time decisions against Dallas. And we'll talk about that later. But it's been encouraging just to watch this team evolve and grow Um, and I think bigger staff is growing along with them and kind of crystallizing who he can be in high pressure situations as a coach I am fascinated to
0: see how quickly they can get healthy some of that obviously is just going to take some time so we will see but we're going to dive into what the team's identity is all of that and more coming up right after this and a word from our sponsors Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On a fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. One name I like and I think we will get a lot of run up in New York is Isaiah Hartenstein, the former Cavalier, now New York Nick. Josh writes, it appears Mitchell Robinson is out for the season and Isaiah Hartenstein is the clear add if he's available. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same thing you want with your vehicle. If you have a car that you love, if you have a dream ride, if you have something you want to keep running, an old car you're working on, or an upgrade you really want, you can find everything you could need at eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. I have my eBay motors account set up for everything I want for my Ford Bronco. You can do the same for your car. Keep your ride or die live at eBay Motors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Come back next week for next week's eBay's guaranteed fit of the week. All right, let's dive into Evan what this team is. So I ask you that. What is this Cavs team
1: right now? What is this team's identity? I think relentless and selfless and that it just that that's what you see with the effort they give uh, win or lose like there there are moments where the Cavs just kind of came out flat in um, like they, you could see like the the, the wheels kind of come off the wagon that loss to the Pelicans it was the second game it back to back and they had to play a very tough game the night before against Utah uh, they did lose Sam Merrill in that game but like again like that that win over Chicago I one, it's already a holiday game. Two, um, the Bulls are on a three-game winning streak. So, one, like it, there's a lot of just like mentally checking out if you're either a fan or a player. But two, um, the Bulls were on a three-game winning streak. Three, the Cavs going into that game could have had 10 possible players. And then Karis LeVert and Sam Merrill relate scratches. So I believe they had like eight or nine guys in total available, but you got like total team effort. And it was a lot of that cliche next man up mentality, but you saw a lot of effort and those relentless and selfless effort where the, the Cavs are moving the ball constantly and they're just busting their butts on defense and just sticking to their man and their assignments. And, Again, a lot of credit goes to JD Bickerstaff for having these guys prepared despite just the circumstances completely out of their control. Like, it's easy just to kind of throw up your hands and say, well, we don't have our best players. We're just going to ride this out. But the Cavs are just remaining as competitive as they can and just scrapping and fighting whoever their opponent is. The way things have worked,
0: the way things have ended up for this team is they just have to play differently. If you you can look at, I think, the, the energy they play with as a certain factor in that. I think certainly they're playing with energy right now. But I think even just in terms of how things are getting set up, how things are, are working, this isn't exactly the same Cavs team that you might have expected coming into the year that we saw for stretches of this year, whether they were at their best or at their worst. Last couple weeks, the numbers are not you know particularly good i'm not going to sit here and tell you that like this team's like suddenly really good now but you look at how they've played over these last five games it's the offense is for the most part been pretty good they've had mm-hmm. four out of those five games above average offensive ratings three of them like well well above which is great the defense not good uh the only game it was good was the bulls game the other games Defensive ratings that I'm sure have J.B. Bickerstaff knowing him having hives and stressing out about it. What they all, the, the things they are doing well is they're actually rebounding pretty well right now for the most part. There's games here and there where they're not. The Pelicans game, the one they lost being the, the one that they really struggled with to get offensive rebounds. But they're hitting the offensive glass really hard right now. They're getting second chance points. And they're like leaning so much into the fact that the personnel 11, I think they have, is good at certain things, and that they can't do the other stuff. So they're just like, okay, we can't force our style. Wait, anyway, to me, that is even if this group is not, I think, the most adaptable all the time. It hasn't been all the time. This speaks well to the fact that maybe there's times where, like, that you can't pull that out and back against the wall, they found something that is getting them through a tough stretcher, and that is something. Again, you beat Atlanta, you beat Houston, you beat Utah, you lose to Orleans, you lose to Chicago. You're not beating the best teams in the league in that run. You, know, you lost to Orlando, you lost to Boston twice, all that stuff. But you're doing enough to navigate the stretch and beat bad teams, and it's by playing this different kind of style, That is very much, I think, not the style you'll see again when this team is fully healthy in two months or whatever that's going to be.
1: Yeah, and like you said, they are four and one in their last five. I think them going three and one at home. Uh, JB Bickerstaff called that in of itself just a victory for the week, um, and they're allowed to have that luxury of just having a few days off to rest and recover before heading into Chicago playing the Bulls. And then they had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, and then they're in Dallas to play the Mavericks, and they're back home Friday against the Bucks. But the Cavs are making do despite not having Darius Garland and Evan Mobley until releasing garland's case a few weeks into 2024 and in Mobley's case maybe a month month and a half into 2024 and then also you're not you're doing that without Karis levert donovan mitchell um uh, I, I know like he's really stepped up but like he has been kind of critical in terms of shooting but like no sam merrill either but like the Cavs just kind of don't seem phased like it's just they plug and play and just play hard. Um, like you said, like they are crashing the glass really well on offense, getting a lot of second chance opportunities. Um, I, I think what stood out for me in this Bulls game is the fact that they had twenty-eight assists on thirty-nine makes, or just the fact that the Cavs are being efficient on offense, making forty-seven point one percent of their shots over the last five games. Like the Cavs are making the most of every opportunity they have, and I think are cognizant and aware of the fact that like, they just don't have the offensive personnel to afford to I don't want to say waste possessions, but you know, like there's gonna be isolation plays or maybe like Certain plays that just don't go your way, but like even you have the star powers, the scoring threats like Garland, Mitchell, Devert, Mobley, etc cetera, um, you can afford to maybe those misses. But the, the Cavs are being really efficient and they're being mindful with the basketball in their hands. And yeah, like the, they they definitely stole this win against the Bulls. And I think that in and of itself is just like, you know what? If you compare it to how the Cavs looked towards the beginning of the season, where they looked like they were lost and kind of just struggling, especially when games weren't going their way. And then you flip the script to now, like it's a pretty stark contrast between where the Cavs started this season and where they're at now.
0: What do you make of how they're playing on offer? Like, what do you make of the style of offense they're playing right now?
1: It's not the prettiest, of course. Like, you're not going to get a lot of like the splashy highlight plays that you would get with like Darius Garland's passing or Donovan Mitchell's just constant um red hot engine or even just karis levert being like a supercharged six band for them but it's a lot of inside out i think jared allen like getting him going early has been a very sound strategy theirs. i think he having a pretty good rapport with max Struess and clearly excuse me clearly showing one with craig porter jr as well is helpful but that forces defenses to adjust because allen is cleveland's best player that's available every night um and obviously like having Mitchell lover that does change that a bit, but like at least against the bulls um, or even against the Pelicans or even the jazz, like Allen was the best player on the floor for the Cavs heading into those games and him creating constant rim pressure is going to force defenses to adjust. And then I think you have like Craig Porter, who's a slasher by trade, like helps a lot too, but that just gives the Cavs a little bit more of wide open look. So that is Sam Merrill when he was available or Max Struess, or George Niang, or Dean Wade, who has really stepped up to the plate for the Cavs during this kind of mini stretch in, you're getting a lot of total team effort from this team. And um, so when those guys are hitting threes and the defense is at the kind of overcorrect and adjust for that as well. And like you see this back and forth where the Cavs just kind of found a bit of offensive harmony where it's hard to fully prepare for it because the Cavs can now hurt you in multiple ways instead of just constant pressure at the rim and then daring them to shoot where now, like if you dare them to shoot, like that that could burn you if you uh, want to take that gamble.
0: Yeah, this doesn't work without Jared Allen. Jared Allen screening, Jared Allen providing that infrastructure, Jared Allen playing as well as he has played this entire year. And this does not work unless you're getting him, unless you're getting enough from other guys as well. But he is at the fulcrum of this and they're patching together everything else. Then Dean Wade is just like shooting the basketball. Like all of this is adding up to where like, I think if you can keep some of the style of play when Mitchell gets back. And I think some of these adjustments were in fact made to emphasize Mitchell without Garland and play in a certain way with no Garland and, and no real backup point guard that isn't a rookie who is frankly st- is, is like solid but is still clearly learning and still clearly uh, needs to shoot if he's going to kind of figure it fully out but you got to play a certain way to win games that's what they're doing and the craft and I think JB Bickerstaff deserves credit for that and look they also haven't quit on JB and that's not no. nothing the fact that they didn't just put in the towel and are playing hard for that guy does tell us something i think
1: yeah i think that's really important too. like the Cavs, or rather the players aren't tuning jb out like it's not like when david griffin fired david blatt because griff knew like that was just a failure on arrival in like the, the Cavs needed saving even though they were 30 and 11 at that time but um more than that, like Bakerstaff, staff, like still has the pulse of this team. He still has their attention. Like there are nights again, like you're not going to get a perfect effort from these guys. And I think that's understandable just because you don't have the star personnel to kind of hang with some of these teams, um, whether it's um, the the Pelicans just roasting them from the perimeter or we'll see how it goes. when they face uh, the Mavs like as Luca go after Luca, just completely massacred the Suns on Christmas day. Like it, it's, Every game is a challenge, but I think bigger staff does have this team equipped and ready to play, and I think a lot of credit should go to him and his coaching staff. Like He has really shown a lot of maturation, like I said in the first segment. like He's really starting to give you like a tip of a cap, at least, for like, okay, in high-pressure situations, JB isn't phased like his team is, and they're not really crumbling under pressure, maybe like they did last year.
0: All right, after this, Cavs-Mavs, what to look for, what we're thinking about for that game, that's after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You should have to worry about anything really when you're buying last minute tickets for your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, and comedy and theater events near you. With clear last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You love to see the last minute you get a game time. I personally rely on them to buy tickets all the time. Now I did this when I went to New York and I'm going to do it again when I'm back there in a couple months. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem our code LOCKEDOWNNBA for $20 off. That's in the show notes below if you want to just copy and paste that. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. That is guaranteed. All right, last segment, Cavs-Mavs. Evan, what are you looking for as far as Cavs-Mavs Wednesday
1: night in Dallas, Texas? Well, obviously, is Luka go or does he not play? Like, there's no Kyrie in this game, um, and I think that certainly changes the trajectory quite a bit. But, like, Luka is just like a one-of-one type player where – i watched that game um when he just slaughtered the suns for like 50 14 7 3 and 4 like just absolutely video game nba 2k type numbers but you have to think like sure you have isaac okoro sure you have craig porter jr two very good perimeter defenders of the Coro being the best and if Doncic does play like you, you would imagine a Coro begins and ends the night just matching Doncic minute for minute um, but let's say because on the calf side of things like Karis Levert and Donovan Mitchell have been upgraded to questionable I would assume their game time decisions depending on how Mitchell's doing with this non-COVID illness and how Levert's knee is doing and if they can play that at least gives you a little bit more breathing room ball handling wise and also just more offensive scoring wise um, just to kind of maybe match Doncic shot for shot because sure Coral can maybe slow down or deter Luca, and if he can Maybe prevent uh, another Christmas Day massacre like sequel. um, That that would be great for the Cavs, but I'd say like Luca just gets out of hand if he does play for the Mavs. Like you you do need those guys, or at least the ammunition to just kind of match the Mavericks shot for shot, because the the Cavs just don't really have the personnel to do that. Especially if like the defense does collapse with you know like a a superstar NBA MVP caliber player on the other side of things. Injury report, Luca is questionable.
0: Um, that's with a heel issue that could potentially keep him out for this game, which Evan's referring to Sam Merrill on the Cleveland side, doubtful. So that means he's likely enough to play. Kyrie is out for Dallas. Mitchell and lavert are questionable for Cleveland, so they have not been ruled out yet. Where I th- I think Evan this goes is just the Luca thing is you have to find a way to contain him, you have to keep him from going off. You if Mitchell in particular does not play you don't really have the firepower to keep pace with an individual performance like that. Both these teams also have merely just been kind of fine the last couple weeks. Dallas is the 18th in net rating the last two weeks. Cleveland's about the same. They're like 16th, I think. But they do have a top 10 offense on the year. They had that amazing offensive performance on Christmas Day. And I, I mean, to me, the most fun outcome of this game would just be Mitchell and Luca have some kind of duel. But I don't know how likely it is if either guy or one guy doesn't play. But I mean, if Luca doesn't play, like if we go in that scenario, you got to just like go all out and try to win this game on the road. Honestly, you have Milwaukee mm-hmm. on Friday. I don't like the Cavs chances in that game, even if it's at home. If you get another one here and you're five and one over six with all these injuries and you see one on the road on a night where even if it's just Kyrie sitting or you could just go get one on the road. That's like a pretty good thing that you could look back at amid a very congested East, you look back at the end of the year and say, this is a stretch that like kept us out of the playing tournament. Like that's the kind of thing that ultimately like could matter way down the line. As you kind of look at how compact the East is like, this is this, the game that does have some value to the Cavs If you're looking at it long-term, even if they're not fully healthy and we're not going to look at this game in April and say the Cavs game on December 27th was a top five thing where I learned a lot about this team. That's not what's going to happen here, but if you win, it's a big deal for them.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And I think, Again, these moments are key just because you want your role players to be more comfortable. Whether that is Craig Porter Jr. who should be a staple of the rotation when this team is fully healthy, no matter what, just because like he has just really been impressive in all of these games for Cleveland. There's might be nice he doesn't stay in that, but like he cri- cripes. he's flirting with a triple-double most evenings and um or like just bring a lot of defensive pressure. And he's just, again, not phased by the moment, which is super helpful when you have a pretty dire need for ball handling and just like a backup point guard responsibilities, especially without Darius Garland. But it it allows George Niang to get more comfortable with his team. It allows Max Cruz to continue to build a rapport with his teammates when they're in and out of the lineup. But working with the bigs is always a big thing for him. I think Jared Allen showing his passing chops is helpful too, but the the Cavs are kind of crystallizing a pretty solid foundation over this Four or five game stretch that they've been on. And like, I was looking at the numbers during it, like, over the last five games, they have a defensive rating of 119.7, which isn't great. It's 20th best in the NBA. Um, but they've allowed the, the least amount of second chance oppor- or scoring opportunity, the second least amount of second chance points um they have the ninth best interior defense and have had allowed the 10th least fast break points so they are doing a lot of good things just to kind of keep them alive despite maybe not having the best defensive rating but if you flip the script it's that efficient offense and just making the most every opportunity like the Cavs are finding something that's working and yeah I don't like their chances against the Bucks either but I, I think at least if Mitchell and LeVert are available for that game, they have a little bit of a better chance. I think it's still going to be tough, no matter what, when you're facing Damian Lillard, um, and Giannis Adenakumpo as the headliners from Milwaukee. But they have really shown me something impressive that, like, you really can't tangibly like describe with stats or numbers. It's just like it passes the eye test and the smell test. And this cast team is showing me a little bit of heart that they were lacking to start the year. And I would assume they continue to show it against Dallas.
0: We're going to end there. Cavs are 830 p.m. Tip in Dallas minus four underdogs in the game. Plus fifty two on the money line according to the to a Cleveland went outright Dallas, a minus one eighty favorite over under two hundred and thirty points combined is where that's set. Again, that's Cavs Dallas. We'll have a recap of that up after the game. Talk to y'all after that. Hope again, you had a great holiday. Enjoy the rest of your day.